And welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. Because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Shelley Arnold. And we've both heard numerous Christ followers doubt their faith. They fear they've done something unforgivable, or as was the case with my daughter, that grace simply wasn't working for them, that they weren't trying hard enough, doing enough, that they weren't good enough, feeling insufficient, not realizing that's the whole point of grace, that we are insufficient, but God, the all-sufficient one, makes up for our lack. When we don't understand this, we can't fully live in the spiritual freedom available to us through Christ. Really, we can't fully experience him, not at the depth that we could be, because our fear gets in the way and causes us to perform or maybe to avoid God altogether rather than approach him as the sons and daughters he died to make us. We forget that we don't have to be enough because Christ in us is more than enough. He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one who through grace makes up for all of our insufficiencies. That can be a hard truth to understand sometimes. Absolutely. My daughter, she struggled to grasp that truth for a long time. From childhood and even into adulthood, she was so afraid that maybe she wasn't truly saved, meaning that she hadn't really received God's gift of eternal life. And so she said what many call the forgiveness prayer every time it was offered. Oh my goodness, I hurt for her little girl heart. And I think I understand some of her confusion. I mean, I'm 54 and I've been learning about God most of my life and I still don't completely understand the grace God offers. I sometimes forget God loves me simply because he loves me. You know, I wasn't aware of her pain or how she was processing. Had I been, I would have told her that her salvation was not dependent on her. Exactly. It's a gift of God. And the name of God, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, tells us he is the one who makes up for our lack, who meets our insufficiencies, who covers our sinfulness and areas of weakness with his life-changing grace. Amen. Unfortunately, my daughter received the opposite message from someone in a position of authority at a really crucial time in her life. So it was the summer between her fifth and her sixth grade year, and it was her first camp away from home. It was a five-day summer event held at a local Christian school. Well, the school had a large campus out in the country with numerous fields, a playground, this foresty area that had a creek running through it. So there was so much for the kids to do. And I was just, I was at home. I was praising God, thinking of all the fun she was having, completely oblivious to the, the deep and long-lasting pain caused by one of the leaders who misused his position and his influence, who, from my perspective, spoke from his wisdom while claiming to speak for God, which he wasn't. Had he been, he would have understood that my daughter is wired differently than people might expect. She doesn't engage with God through music. She connects with him intellectually through math, through talking about theological issues, learning about the intricacies of his creation. You know, my husband is the same way. He's not an exuberant worshiper in a typical church service, but contemplating the stars and all the details God put in place for humans to live and survive on this planet, that inspires awe and worship in his heart. That is so beautiful and 
I love the diversity of God's children. My daughter is a lot like your husband, but people don't always understand that. And so anyway, one night, this man and other adult volunteers, they gathered all the girls in the school gym and they began speaking over them. They were implying that they were speaking for God. So they told one girl that she was going to use her beauty for good, that she would be a model for Christ. And I don't remember what else they said to the others. And and I don't think my daughter does either. All she heard was model and she got pretty excited waiting for her turn. But then when the man got to her, he said, you're not God's friend. And that makes him sad. Oh no, that's awful. And she was so young. How did that make her feel? It grieved her so deeply and it terrified her. And it wasn't just because of his words. What made them cut so deeply was that he was a spiritual leader. He was someone who frankly should have been speaking truth. And maybe he thought he was, I don't know. All I do know is his words had a deep, long lasting, devastating effect. She cried, literally shaking the entire drive home. And while I thought I addressed the situation, we had a long talk about grace and the heart of Christ. That man's statement impacted her for over a decade afterwards. And she told me later, everything I had done to that point had told me I was God's friend. So just to to explain, she had actually received God's free gift of salvation when she was eight. So like she said, everything told me that I was God's friend. And here was a man in authority, a religious leader, telling me I wasn't. You know, just because someone says they're speaking for God doesn't mean they are. And that's why we have to look at God's heart and his character than weigh all we hear, no matter who it comes from, even from those in positions of authority, to be sure it lines up with who he is and with scripture. Absolutely. But unfortunately, she was she was too young to process all that or even to tell me about it because she just assumed what this man said was true. And she had other similar experiences, sometimes from peers, but really it was the statements made by those in positions of authority that cut her most deeply because they were in positions of authority. And I had no idea the hurt she was experiencing and the lies she was receiving, lies that almost drove her from the church entirely because she thought these people were speaking truth. She didn't even consider questioning the validity of their statements. Instead, she questioned herself and her relationship with Christ. All she heard again and again was, you're not doing this right. God's grace didn't work for you. You must not be saved. You know, Jennifer, I'm sure many can relate to your daughter's story. We recognize our need for God and his forgiveness, but we don't understand. He provides all we need to have a relationship with him. Honestly, I think our minds have trouble grasping what grace really is because it's easier to believe the lie that we must perform and make ourselves worthy. And if that lie is reinforced by carelessness or comments from others or even traditions, we question our salvation and think God's grace doesn't really work for us. Thank God the truth is he is all sufficient. Christ's death was a complete work. He fulfilled the demands of the covenant, the covenant that he himself instituted long ago with Abraham. In fact, in Genesis 11, we see the beginning of Abraham's story. When God first called Abraham, he promised to make him the father of many nations and to give him a large portion of land known as the promised land, which ultimately points to heaven. But Abraham and his wife were old and she was well past childbearing years. So from a human perspective, there was no way they could have a child. 
let alone more descendants than stars in the sky, as God had promised. What they didn't understand was that that was the whole point of the covenant. In giving them this long-promised child who pointed to Jesus, God would do for them what they couldn't do on their own. The entire story is such a beautiful picture of salvation with some bumps along the way, like when they tried to fulfill God's promise to them in their own wisdom and their own strength, which only led to increased pain. And then after this mess of their own making and decades after the initial promise, when Abraham was 99 years old, God appeared to him and said, and this is from scripture, I am God almighty. So in Hebrew, that's El Shaddai. And then God instructed Abraham, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And then God changed his name from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, which most scholars believe means the father of many. And God said, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of the descendants after you. And then in Romans, we learn that entire story, that covenant and the promised child was a promise of salvation through Christ. Through Abraham and Sarah, God produced something, a child that they could not produce on their own. And in Christ, God produces a righteousness within us that we could never create on our own. Yes, that's exactly right. I cannot create righteousness on my own. You know, from Genesis chapters 12, or excuse me, 11 to 25, we see Abraham's entire story. And the child he and Sarah bore is such a beautiful picture of that grace. In Old Testament times, God made a covenant or an agreement with his people, starting with Abraham. They were to love and honor him, and he would love and care for them. But the people failed to keep their end of the covenant. They rebelled against God, and yet he remained faithful and loving. And he did what they, what we, cannot do. Through Jesus, God fulfilled the demands of that covenant. Which is such good news for everyone who has honestly turned to Christ and trusted in him for salvation. And it's also good news for those like my daughter who fear that somehow Christ's grace didn't work for them or didn't have staying power. God's grace and faithfulness does not depend on ours, praise God. And he will never turn us away. No, he never turns us away. He is all sufficient. He is all we need. And El Shaddai, the all sufficient one, will hold tightly to his children from now through eternity. Because in Christ, as he spoke on the cross, it is finished, meaning our sin debt has been paid in full. We add nothing to Christ's work on the cross. You know, an additional scripture that kind of ties this all together is Ephesians 2 8 and 9. In the NIV, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from your It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Can you imagine the promise that's there? I mean, that scripture encapsulates all of the grace of God and all of the work of the grace of God toward us. It tells us exactly that it is by grace we have been saved. You know, verse 10 goes on. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do God work, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, which means even any good works we do, changes he makes in our lives, fruit we produce as the spirit works in us is from him. We're not, we don't have to conjure up something ourselves. It all is from him and it's all empowered by him and it's 
all because of his grace. I mentor women a lot of times from rough places. And when you come from a rough place, it just takes a long time to shift your worldview and you can have certain behaviors, poor behavior, self-destructing behavior, sinful behaviors for so many different reasons. And so this one woman, she was caught in, in this sinful cycle. And honestly, she didn't want to be in the, in the cycle and it was grieving her. And her grief and her struggle actually was compounded by the fact that she felt like she was being rejected by God, like his grace was not going to be sufficient in her current struggle. We had to talk this out. And it's okay. I need you to trace out the proclamations your fear is making about God. And so she did. And we were able to, and so I said, so you're saying his grace wasn't enough. You're saying what he did on the cross was not sufficient. Or are you saying his grace didn't work for you? And so we were able to trace that out. And what that did was that broke the power that her condemnation had over her, which all also incidentally broke, began to break the power of her sin because instead of running from God and hiding from God, she realized that he was welcoming her close, which goes back to kind of bring it full circle. We are insufficient. We are powerless against our sin in our own strength. And we have to recognize that is the entire point of grace. I agree. It's like the father is is coming to us all the time going, I'm right here. You don't understand what exactly my grace is and that's okay. I'm just going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep covering everything that you've ever done (laughs) and making up the difference for every weakness in your life. Because we can't overcome a cycle of sin on our own. That, That work has to come from God's truth, from the Holy Spirit in our lives, really as we as we walk in relationship with him. Absolutely. And so I, I would like to end just with some concrete steps for women who are really struggling with a fear that, that they're not truly saved. I, I would encourage you first to ask God for assurances. I do that all the time when I'm anxious about something and I just say, Lord, I need an assurance here. Give me something to give me comfort. And then just keep growing in him and reading scripture and ask him to show you, say, Lord, show me reveal the lies that are keeping me in bondage here, that are are hindering me from really resting in your all sufficiency. And then we would love to lead you in a prayer. We think it is so powerful to pray against our fears and really to pray truth. And we're going to be praying throughout this series on the names of God. We're going to be praying the names of God. And so we're going to invite you to do that now. So just give yourself a minute. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. and. Holy Father, Lord God, God Almighty, you are El Shaddai. You are all sufficient. The one who meets us in our insufficiency. You have the victory over sin. You have the victory over evil. You have the victory over all of the lies that we've absorbed, whether it's from somebody else placing them upon us or whether we've just kind of added them as we go along. And we just pray that you would remove those lies and help us to rest all sufficient, almighty God. Help us to rest in your all-sufficient nature and your grace. Because Jesus, when you died, you said, it is finished. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We hope today encouraged you and gave you some truths you can really hold tight to and drew you closer that you could just rest in the God's sufficiency. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you would rate it. That encourages us and helps others to find it. Make sure to share it. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hey there, it's Carly Mercouli, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.